When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Something top of my mind is empowering teams to do the great work. There's so much that goes into it around how you structure, organize the teams, how you provide the proper context how you enable autonomy, and how you hold teams accountable. There's a lot to unpack with that. Yeah, I guess it's a it's the hardest thing because there's no perfect answer. <laughs> you know? No, no. <laughs> it has to be perfect. I know, right? Well, I mean, it's funny. It's like, you know, more or less, like we can kind of say that like agile develop, like I feel like in a lot of stuff products, right? You can say, Okay, a lot of these techniques, more or less, like 70 to 80% of the time, will at least yield you a result you're kind of looking for, right? If you apply mm-hmm. them properly, right? We all kind of know agile development is, you know, probably far superior to water waterfall type development in like 70% of cases, right? So we kind of know that. Yeah. I feel like restructuring and reorging and getting you know, the people to do the most efficient work possible is like a scenario that we all try to do better every single time. And then we all fall into the exact same traps every single time. (laughs) Yes, sure. I like this. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think some of those traps are one, like the first thing is I'll call it, call it, you end up trying to play God with, you know, people and teams thinking of the perfect solutions Right. Mm. You know, cause you're trying to, you're trying to organize for the current problems and the future problems. You're trying to reorganize to make political statements to the business about where your focus areas are. You know, there's all those reasons and some of them are fine, but then reality kind of hits the, you know, you realize some stuff would have been better left alone and other things the same. Sorry. I hope that's like, I, I don't, I, obviously <laughs> I'm going through something very similar and so. And I'm going to say this is probably my, oh God, ninth, tenth reorg in five years. (laughs) Oh man, they never end, right? Well, I think it's a good point. Like, I think the processes around being agile and the traps are one thing, but I think that reorg is also maybe an attempt at providing for a more clear context for the teams to say, yep. 
Yeah, it's an it's an effort to drive more clear, concise strategy that has more context around it. So, for instance, if you had like most common one I see is like a back end, front end team, right? One team's working on the back end, one team's working on the front end. Then what happens is they they kind of lose sight of what they're attempting to solve for. So it's like, oh, I'm just trying to get this this stuff done where it's more like a feature factory, right? I'm just execute, execute, execute. I have no context as to what it's driving because I don't have full ownership over making a solution that would solve the problem. So what's the point kind of thing? And it naturally yep. gravitates towards that if it's if it's so separated. Um, oh, yeah. So there's like a reorg around, I think, uh, autonomy, which is one way to help empower teams with tools and context to actually solve the majority of the problem. And then there's also like a reorg around the context and more, you know, hey, this is a team that ends, is ended up building an internal tool for internal folks that is losing sight of the value that we're driving for a customer and, and to kind of reorient it or reorganize it around the customer context. I might maybe see those two being the most common that I've seen. But Yeah, I mean, in my, you know, in my view, I, I've, it's like, I'll put it this way, right? Like they're tactically necessary in a lot of situations. And I kind of say that like, you know, just because it's like priority shift, right? And teams have to shift along with priority. So like once we kind of establish that and you realize that you kind of have to be agile with your org, just like you're agile with your development cycle, then it kind of like starts to make sense. The reality yeah. in there too is that like mm-hmm. moving people and transitioning people and changing priorities and team structures is inherently slow, right? Like it always takes time for teams to mm-hmm. get used to working together, right? You know, they norming for or forming, norming and storming. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Right, and yeah. You know, so there is some like, I feel like that's one of those constraints that I always kind of like try to push back on sometimes when we're doing things is like, do we have teams that are performing well? How can we leave those teams performing well? Mm. You know, do we, you know, how do we make sure that we're still getting the most out of it? You know, and then there's the bigger question. Is it easier to shape work to teams or teams to work? Right. And, you know, the answer is, I feel like I said on all these, I don't know if there's ever a perfect scenario other (laughs) than to say that the, you know, that the org can't stay solid because that's the problem and the org can't change too much, you know? Mm. So it's kind of a, yeah, yeah. You, you need know. to kind of get, build some consistency and just, and try things out. Yeah. And then there's times to make changes and times not to. Yeah. I kind of, I, yeah. I like that. I think that makes sense. And I, I think, yeah, the, it, it, we're always consistently changing and that agile mindset and that's kind of what to be expected. And, I try to shoot for major topology changes very less frequent than more of the strategic focuses, right? Like, well, I don't know if that makes sense. So topologies maybe on the annual basis because I think working with a certain group of people for a variety, like it, it needs time to, again, what you said, storm or form, storm, norm. And then the context itself for the team it, it maybe that kind of goes part and parcel with the topology in some cases. One of the biggest things that I, I'm trying to figure out is the autonomy and skill sets. So thinking of, do you have the proper skill sets on your team to accomplish and solve the job for the 
the customer. Like, and I, that, that is one that is not easy because yeah, part and parcel either requires hiring or shifting resources to support it. And then there's the reevaluation of the thing itself is like, is that the right thing for them to solve? So more of the strategy. So I get, they're kind of intertwined, but. Yeah, I think, you know, my philosophy used to be, and I always believed this was the thing that I always thought worked the best, you know, but I always, you know, it was always a contentious point. I believed that if you were organized right into stub groups with squads or groups with squads, as long as the group had the culminative resources necessary, that work could be shared in and amongst the group, assuming Mm, that you have a shared objective. Now, the challenge being is, you know, I've been, you know, exposed to some people who think like, oh, well, each team needs to have all the resources that it needs. It's like, well, it's true. I've seen that. And I've seen what happens when you put iOS engineers next to platform developers. And sometimes it speeds it along. And then other times you realize that 80% or 90% of your work is on the iOS side and the platform engineers are there for like two things you know, Mm. and then that ends up being the question of like, well, then do we create a team of all the platform engineers in the group that services the rest of them? Ah, well, then they feel like they're left out of this. You know, I mean, it's always a, (laughs) that, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, maybe I'm blase about it, but it's like, you try, you try to do your best. You try to solve the problems that are ahead of you. You realize that maybe you're going to solve 70 or 80% of that problem and call it good. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. That makes sense. So I guess what is the flavor of the reorg for you today? Is it more around like a certain theme? Like, are you trying to solve a different problem or yeah? Like what is the, what's the thing? Yeah, it's twofold. So I would say that the first is that our company did some layoffs and with that, it kind of caused us to rethink about our priorities. You know, are we investing in the right areas? And which is a good thing. Like you should be thinking about that. However, in that process, you know, we kind of also identified that there were some numbers games, like how many people to an engineering theme lead, how many reports to people in our case, geograph, like international geographic zones, right? Like if we've reduced headcount in one area, we can't like just randomly add them into another area or maybe we have to like. You know, there's so many of those considerations in terms of how we built the teams that um, we kind of just had to go back to the drawing board and say, yeah, here's here's the top priorities that we have. How do we organize around them and, you know, do our do our best to go with the company constraints? For example, one constraint was our company no longer wanted to do any like small pods where maybe you have like four developers and we really and all pods are targeted to be more in the like eight range so as a result right if you had and we had some small pods like so you know we're gonna combine some of those and we're gonna you know deal with some of like just hey here's the guidance that the business has told us and like you know that's policy like we're going with it and like so kind of you kind of we had to kind of deal with some of that in there as well Hmm. um so yeah i would say it's half strategic and half like tactical policy changes that the business wanted to make yeah wait can you restate the policy changes for the small pods versus not what was that so one of one of the policy changes like from an engineering organization standpoint is first that they wanted pods to be right around eight people in size 
So if you had any smaller pods, we needed to look at, you know, either combining small pods or shifting people into different pods um, or squads, whatever nomenclature you use. So that was, that one's like a purely practical, like, and honestly, I get it, right? If you have three people that go out on vacation and you have one dude sitting there, like, yeah, that doesn't work. Right. Another tactical one was the number of direct reports that an engineering team leader and engineering manager had. So that was like, okay, yeah, like you, you know, we can't have over this number and we shouldn't have under this number. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. Right. So yeah, there were some straight numerical considerations. And then on top of that, it was like, well, if you're doing all of this stuff, what do these bigger pods work on? You know, I guess is that, is that, yeah. What can you answer that? I'm starting to think about it. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, okay. Thematic, right? Is it that they're working on supporting a platform, multiple features, a product, the multiple, or is it like this? uh, Yeah, it's in in our case, like, so I work in the platform technology side. So we do a lot of support, you know, with our AWS resources, Mm -hmm. um, our shared business services and the like. And so one of the things that we did is we inherited some new products into our portfolio and they were around shared business services. So we created a shared business services pod, right? And they inherited like three new products and then also some extra headcount that came along with them. Mm. So that kind of like worked out both numerically and otherwise, and this would be stuff like our communications thing. So we have inside of zero, we have mailing clients, we have push notification clients, we have um, file storage and file like sharing. So all of that's being combined into kind of a communications platform business service pod, because strategically that's an area that we want to invest in for a lot of reasons. Anyway, <laughs> why is the top of mind for you? Yeah, I think, um, well, I think it's more about the context. Um, I think, you know, every annual turn, I think it's always a, a top of mind to think of strategy and, and how, if your strategies are working or not, or what, what are your new strategies and altering things and saying okay now how how do we i provide that context of the new strategy or if if we deploy these things or evaluate them and then change them what is the right kind of context to help share with the team to then let them do the great work and so there's there's so many problems to solve in in the industry and you know the way that we've chosen our strategy was very focused and intentional and there's elements that have panned out and elements that haven't panned out enough but it also seemed to be not the strategy or the bets the focuses that we've decided to take but somewhat more of like this this kind of dependency right do you control your destiny to solve that customer problem or not and if 90 percent of the work is on another team in order to solve that problem, you know, it, we're not helping the team be successful. And and so we're kind of, I think that's the pivotal moment that we're at now is like there's some aspects of the job that are dependent on, on other teams and they're not divvied up appropriately. And I think it, it either means, you know, you focus, you, you shuffle around folks to make sure that they're contributing with, with control and autonomy and or you know reevaluate that strategy to say well you know whatever way we cut it it's always going to be this you know 80 20 or 70 30 whatever it is split 
And, you know, because of that, it's not the right thing to, to, that we can have the bandwidth to take on right now. And so maybe it's more of a strategic prioritization decision to say, we're going to focus in on what we can have the capacity to control versus taking on a little bit extra of what we might not be able to fully control. Yeah, I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) okay. So that's kind of like, yeah, the resource skill problem that's in there. I mean, totally understandable. It's kind of all layered on one, right? Resource skill strategy. It's like, it's all in one where it's like, well, you have all these variables and moving pieces and, and where do you want to make a better bet or a different bet or to see what that chance would look like? Well, I guess that, you know, I don't mean to, to call it uh passing the proverbial buck, but you know, in product world, right. <laughs> our goal is to identify those really, you know, our, our goal is to make sure we're working on the most important things, right? Engineering yeah. is supposed to sit there and figure out who works on the really important things and do we have the right skill set in engineering to work on those things, you know? And I, yeah. I mean, I don't like, you know, I don't get me wrong I, from one of the criticisms I've often gotten myself in product and I've gotten myself in trouble for is being way too interested in the engineering side of the world. But, you know, I think there is a point where like, you know, we kind of chuck it over the fence and say, Hey, we found the 10 most meaningful things we could do. It seems like five or six of these can be mapped to existing teams. And there's four of them that we need to make some decisions about and decide whether or not that involves, you know, organizing ourselves to accomplish them, saying it's not worth it right now, or we don't have the ability to accomplish them. And, you know, that we just have to let our executives and stakeholders and everybody else know and be like, yeah, you know, here's, you know, we could go after X, Y, or Z, but if you, if we don't have the stomach or the skills or the ability, then kind of move. Mm. Yeah, and they yep. might go on the okay. flip side. They might go, you know, your executives might go, "Hey, no, actually, we really like that. Let's go start hiring and let's figure it out." Yeah, you know? the best case scenario, right? Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a it's the best or and worst the, case, the desired scenario. Yeah, well, it's the best and worst yeah, case scenario because then you hire people, then you better be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe where I can ask a, a different question here. So with the, some of the work that you've done in the past on your teams and either it's, I mean, maybe in the same group that has shared resources could be one way of looking at this, but have you ever as a PM give been given a project where, you know, let's say the majority of the solution is built near or needs to be built by another team? Or has it always been more within the realm of, of what your team has? Oh, you? yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've gotten that a lot. Um, <laughs> I'll say I've yeah. got two parts. Tell to me it. more. Yeah. Tell me more. There, there's okay. two solutions to that. One, if you believe that it's absolutely critical and needs to be done, right? You know, your first step is obviously talking to the other team and saying, hey, it needs you to help us get this done. It's super meaningful you know, let's talk about how we could partner on it. And they might go, oh yeah, well, let's talk about our priorities. And, you know, and in a good world, right, it works itself out. The other world is they're too busy. They've got other stuff. You still believe it's really strong. So then you go to your executive team and go, yeah, well, how do you rank this against the globalized priorities? And then I don't want to say 
it, you kind of get a, a higher up decision to to pull that in. And the last stage in there is, mm. okay, well, you know, perhaps like you need to, I, I'll give you a good example. When I was working at Ibana, and you remember this, we had content service, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you wanted to procedure, you needed to make changes to content service, right? And content yeah. service had their own roadmap. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that we ended up doing a little bit later on was saying, well, why don't we just use our platform engineers and go make changes to content service ourselves and we'll just have them okay it. You know, and that ruffled a lot of feathers, but it was like, why couldn't I work in somewhere else's stack as long as we got them to approve it? So that was, you know, mm -hmm. so I think those are the things if you're going to, if you have to like pull it off and try to get it done, that's how you do it. The other thing is just realizing Hey, yeah, okay, I guess maybe we can't do this or it's going to take a long time and you communicate that out. And then once again, like I, I hate to say it, but that's kind of where people like me and you and others come in, right? We get to look at all of those things from a high level and go, okay, yeah, let's pull it in or let's not pull it in or let's, you know, make those decisions that, you know, a higher level. And that's what we would do. Yeah. So it, the, yeah, the coordination there it, it would be key in that case. Yeah, right? exactly. So I think, I think that's just kind of the point, right? Yeah. You know, it's at the end of the day, right? Facts are facts. And if you got, you know, Hey, we could do X, Y, or Z, it's going to generate this much value, this much revenue, fix this problem. And, you know, other people go, okay, yeah, well, we've got all these other priorities and somebody like you or I, or anybody else needs to take a look at that and go, okay, well, yeah, let's on a globalized scale which one affects us more? How does it go toward our long-term strategies, mm. our short-term strategies? Yeah, and that thing may fix this one issue, but we're going to deprecate that product so we don't really care, <laughs> you know? It's interesting. I think yeah, it seems that if, as a leader, you're kind of, here are your levers. If you're trying to strive for autonomy and leading with context, you can think about the problem in different ways here. You have different ways of looking at it, different ways of managing it. Based on the circumstances, if a team has the control and it's more context, that can be clear. If it's not, and you have to make, there has to be some decider to make a decision on whether or not we take on these new items or not, you kind of play that role. You're sitting in the, in the mix there. It's... You know, I think we, you know, we kind of touch on a, a lot of the, the general pieces, I think from, you know, advice standpoint, what do we tell people, you know, I would say hmm. if you're, if you're an IC and you're in that type of situation, right. I think once you've exhausted your, like your, Hey, your influential pieces, like how can I influence others to accomplish the work that I need to be done? You know, then you have to sit back and think, is this a time where I need to pull it up for, you know, consideration from higher orders? And if the answer mm. is, yeah, then go and do it. And if it's not, um, you know, pick something else, right? There's 50 million things you can always work on. The other side for leaders is, you know, always look at your global priorities, I think, somewhat asynchronously from where every team is right your goal is to identify the most important thing to do and sometimes that'll require team changing reorging remitting remittance changes 
But at the end of the day, your goal is still the same, right? Find the most high priority things to do and figure out if it's worth mm. the organizational pain to get them done or the cost. <laughs> worth the organizational pain. I like that. <laughs> There's always organizational pain. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, that's good. I'm, I think one of the things that would be good is around context and making sure that the teams have a lot of context and proper context. Maybe not a lot, but more proper, more clear, more concise context. Still trying to figure out the right way to, to share that. Is that a, yeah, is it a remit? Like you mentioned, is it is it the way that the people on your team are structured and the products and projects that they're working on? Is that enough? Is there more, you know, this connective tissue of the mission, vision, strategy, vision, all this kind of stuff. Uh, goals, you know, there's so many of these tools and I feel like that can kind of get overwhelming and we lose sight of the real thing that matters and trying to distill it down to one thing that would give the team a proper context to take an action on and, and feel empowered to do so. It's difficult. One of the things that um, recently... Um, Bob Mesta has been talking about was the struggle moments and, and kind of refining it to say, helping your uh, customer make progress in, the, uh, in their job and their life. And if that distillation of mission, vision, topology, strategy, measurement, team members all comes down to that, or like we can make that clear, it might be better off for folks yeah sure my ramblings for the day it sounds like we need to revisit this after you guys and after we've all made our organizational decisions and recap yeah <laughs> what did we do how did it go what, the, what was our process yeah oh that's a good one i like that let's do that well yeah i guess anything else homework wise you want to give to the audience or listeners um I'll, I'll just give this general piece of advice to pms you know don't Reorgs and org changes and team changes happen so regularly. It's important in product to remember that you're a member of the product team, right? As much as you can get involved with your pods or your squads and the engineers and the people you work with daily, you know, I would encourage you to have a level of, you know, just the ability to step back and think about that and detach yourselves from it. Otherwise, every time an org change comes up or a person leaves or a new person gets hired, he's going to waste your time and your emotional energy thinking about it when in reality you should be thinking about yeah i'm a member of the product team we service all these you know these teams my goal is to be mutable it's to be flexible it's to discover the right things that's a lot of feedback mm. that i've been giving to people recently is you know it doesn't matter really what team you're on you know what pod or what thing you solve as long as you're solving customer issues you're delivering value and that's what your goal is you know yes yes exactly i think that's the core of it right it's like as long as you're making if you're helping solve a customer problem you're able to do that and then that, then there's this meaning there's this clarity there's this focus throughout the the noise exactly. of reorgs of of all that kind of craziness well rate subscribe it's always helpful for us to get up in the app stores and what have you so please go and do that and if you have any questions or topics you want us to consider you can always reach out via the website or i'm sure you can find us in different ways but yeah. that, that's about it 
those are the logistics, but looks like we finished up our coffee, so go level up. This has been Product Coffee, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover, and who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.